0: If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 71, and not, I don't think I'm supposed to really go there now, maybe later in the service if I don't get there. Um, if you all happen to watch Flashpoint or not, but I um, had a, someone that we know was at their current meeting that they had in Georgia. And they sent Annette this prayer called, "The Watchman's, The Watchman's Decree. It's called The Watchman's Decree, and and we're going to put it on our Church Center app as well as online and encourage you to to download that, print it off, and read it. And it's something that, as believers, it's something on how we can pray in faith over our nation and we can stand as watchmen on the walls of our nation and decree things. So I encourage you, probably either maybe Monday or Tuesday this week, you'll be able to go on there and you'll be able to download that and look at that. But um, I just had it in my heart for just not to read that right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'll get to Psalm 71 myself. And, you know, uh, a number of weeks back, Dr. Savell was ministering to us. And he talked about how in... Hard times God will rescue you. Can you say that with me in hard times God will rescue me. And while he was ministering that the Lord just started ministering something to me in my heart and and I kind of just wrote some things down and and from there I just 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 meditated on some of those things and 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 just kind of taking it step by step each week and and we've been talking about that why would he rescue me because of His righteousness. Because of His righteousness. And I've studied a lot and I've taught a lot about righteousness. I've taught a lot about, you know, my position as a believer, as a child of God. I am made, I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? How about you? Jesus was made sin. So I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I've and I've taught a lot on righteousness and 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 talked about authority and maybe there's some things we might get in in, in weeks to come. But but the Lord said, I want you to I want you to teach. He said, teach, and discover, and re- unveil to my people, to Herod your Faith Family, my righteousness. And so I started seeing things in Scripture I haven't I hadn't quite seen before really paid attention to, and some of it, things that we know and I've heard taught and those things, but it was like, it was kind of coming across to me in a little bit different way about God's righteousness, God's righteousness, and I, I don't have time to review the last couple messages that we did on this, but I want to pull out a couple things before I go to Psalm 71, and first is Isaiah 45 verse 19, Wesley, can you put that on the screen? I'm just going to go to a couple scriptures on the screen and then we'll get to Psalm 71. Isaiah 45, verse 19. Thank you, Father. He goes, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness, and I declare things that are right. Amen. When God speaks, He speaks righteousness. Righteousness. Now, let's look at Jeremiah 33, verse 14 through 16. Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16. Thank you, Father. Putting Wesley on the spot up there. He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing. Now, a good thing could be considered a righteous thing. So that I will perform that righteous thing or that good thing... Which I promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. Next verse. In those days and at that time I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. And he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Verse 16. In those days Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely... And this is the name by which she shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. So we saw in Isaiah 45, it says what he speaks is righteousness. But then also what he does is righteousness. God is righteousness. Psalms 89 says that righteousness is the foundation of his throne. And we talked about how how when Jesus preached the gospel... Of the kingdom, it said he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for righteousness was with him, because God was with him. The anointing was on Jesus to administer righteousness, the anointing was the empowerment to make unrighteous things righteous. And we saw that and we see that in the life of Jesus. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Do you agree? That's what Romans 1 says. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also the Greek. And now listen, it says, and therein, in the gospel, what the righteousness of God is revealed. So when I see Jesus going about teaching, preaching, and healing, I'm seeing the righteousness of God revealed. Why will He rescue you in hard times? Because of His righteousness. Why does He want to heal your body? Because of His righteousness. Why doesn't He want you to live in lack and poverty? Because of His righteousness. Now let's look at Psalm 71. And we'll continue looking at this this morning. Psalm 71. I'm going to look at verse 15 first. Verse 14 first. And this is another review scripture. He says, But I will hope continually... And will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness. My mouth's going to talk about your righteousness. And your salvation all the day. So many times in scripture, you're going to see a connection between righteousness and salvation. Where his righteousness is, is where his deliverance is. You have a right to be healed. You have a right to be delivered. You have a right to live prosperous. You have a right to be above only and not beneath. You have a right to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Why? Because of his righteousness and where his righteousness is in scripture. You're always going to see salvation, deliverance, safety, and protection. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. And I love this. He says, for I don't know their limits. The psalmist is saying, I don't know the limits to his salvation. I don't know the limits to his righteousness. I I don't know the limits of what God can do in my life. What he can do through my life. What he can do and how he can carry me to my purpose. How he can fulfill the mandate upon my life. The calling upon my life. How my business can prosper. How my, my, my marriage can prosper. All these things. Why? Because there's no limits to his righteousness and there's no limits to his salvation. All right. Let's uh, we're going to continue. Let's go to verse nineteen, and then start in some new stuff this morning. He goes. Also, your righteousness, O God, is very high. It's very high. Not just high, but it's very high. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? Now, in my Bible, there was a there was a, it was an asterisk next to the word your righteousness. And there was a scripture connected to this, and it was in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 3. You don't need to turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 24. And so I'm going to just go ahead and read it. And Wesley, if you want to put that on the screen, it's Deuteronomy three twenty-four It says, O sovereign Lord, you have only begun to show your greatness and the strength of your hand to me. Whatever you've seen from God, you've only seen the beginning. Whatever God's done in your life up to this time, I want you to know you've only seen the beginning. Maybe what you've seen God do through your hands or through your words or through your life, you've only seen the beginning. Vic, you've only seen the beginning. Heard your faith has only seen the beginning. We've only seen the beginning. Eric, you've only seen the beginning. Hallelujah. Philip, you've only seen the beginning. Hallelujah. You've only seen the beginning. Hallelujah. The beginning. Hallelujah. That's, why, that's why you understand, there's no limit. I don't know the limits. Why? Because you've only seen the beginning. You've only seen the beginning. Oh, sovereign Lord, you have only begun, and, and I like the, the word the word sovereign here, and people use that for Well, the Lord is sovereign. <laughs> Never know what God's gonna do, and that's the, the perception. But no, when it says sovereign Lord, it means He doesn't need anything else to exist. He doesn't need anything else to exi- exist. Oh sovereign Lord, you have only begun to show your greatness and the strength of your hand to me, your servant. Is there any God in heaven or on the earth who can perform such great and mighty deeds as you do? Why? Because he's righteous. Because of his righteousness. Back to Psalm 71, 19. Also, your righteousness, O God, is very high. You have done great things, O God, who's like you? Now, in my Bible here, in the New King James, it says you, but the word you is italicized Meaning it was put there by the translators to try to make sense of it. Pretty much it means this. Oh God, who's like you who have who have shown me great and severe troubles? Meaning my eyes have been open to great and severe troubles. But what does he say? You shall revive me again and bring me up again. That sounds like rescue to me. I've seen trouble, I've been in trouble, but you shall revive me. And bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Verse 21. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. See, this is God's righteousness. God's righteousness is there, Danny, that he might increase me and comfort me on every side. God is with you. God is for you. God is on your side. And if if God's on my side, then righteousness is on my side. You, You can't separate God from his righteousness. It's who he is. Hallelujah. Your righteousness is very high. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 23. Since the Holy Spirit just said, just take your time teaching some things this morning. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 23. Actually, let's look at verse 4. Jeremiah 23, verse 4. He says, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor, they sh- nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. That's, that's the heart of righteousness, that you won't be lacking. Verse 5, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper. I will raise to David a branch of righteousness... A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. He's going to... So this king is going to reign. This king is going to be successful. And this king is going to execute judgment and righteousness. What is this king going to do? He's going to do righteousness. He's going to execute righteousness. Jesus, going about healing all that were oppressed of the devil was Jesus executing righteousness. It was also executing judgment. Judging what? Judging sickness as being under the curse. It wasn't executing judgment to judge humanity. Jesus came and He executed judgment on sin and and He did it by taking taking on the cross, the stripes on His back. So this branch of righteousness, he will be a king that will reign and prosper. He'll execute judgment and and righteousness in the earth. Now listen this. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Remember, every time you see righteousness, there's going to be some sort of safety. There's going to be some sort of salvation. There's going to be some sort of deliverance. Everywhere this branch of righteousness is, there's going to be safety. There's going to be salvation now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. So this branch of righteousness will be a king. And we will call him the Lord of righteousness. The branch of righteousness. Now I, I grew up in Maryland and uh, you know we have trees there. Um, <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have trees there. I mean, a mesquite tree is not a tree, it's a bush, okay? <laughs> now, if you, if you were to look at it, you would see a forest. How many people have you been to like uh, Yosemite or you've been to Yosemite or anything and you see the sequoia trees and you see that? You look out, you can look over the mountains and you see, as far as you can see, you can see nothing but mountains but filled with trees. You know what? No one ever says, hey, look at all those branches. Man, look at all those branches out there. Man, that's a lot of branches. No, it's trees. You see, he says that he will be a branch of righteousness. Meaning what? He'll come from the source of righteousness. He'll come from the one who is righteousness. So if we can see the branch then we can see the tree. Or we understand the branch, then we can understand the tree. He is a branch of righteousness. And this branch is going to be a king. And he will reign and he will be successful. And he is going to execute righteousness in the earth. And it's going to bring salvation and safety. And his name will be the Lord of righteousness. Let's look at John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Thank you for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear and heart to understand. So let's look at the branch of righteousness. Because when we see the, when we understand the branch, then we can really see the tree. John chapter 3. Look at verse 30. John the Baptist is speaking. He says, He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth, but he who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, who is he here? The one that came from above, right? And what he has seen and he's heard that he testifies. So this one that comes from the above has seen something and he's heard something. So this one that came from above heard something and saw something. And he testifies. So the one that heard and the one that saw speaks something. He testifies to something. Stay with me here and no one receives his testimony. He, the one that came from above, and the one that testifies, he who has received his testimony. So Jesus received the Father's testimony, and he certified that God is true. He certified that God is righteous. He certifies that God is who he says he is. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God and does not give the spirit by measure. So this one that comes from above is going to testify of the one that's above. And his testimony is true, that God is true. And he speaks things. He speaks things. What would he speak? Words of righteousness. Everything that he speaks would be words of righteousness. Let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. John chapter 14, verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you don't know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the father? So he has seen me has seen the father. Jesus saying, look, you want to know what the father looks like? Look at me. Look at me. See, he's a branch of righteousness. He came out of the root and the source of righteousness. You've seen me, you've seen the father. Verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the father and that the father is in me? Now listen, the words that I speak, what does he speak? Righteous words. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father, the righteousness who dwells in me, he does the work. You see, we're seeing again that Jesus is a picture of the father. He's a branch of righteousness. And he speaks righteousness and he does righteousness. Why? Because he does what the righteous Father said to do. Let's go to John 17. Thank you, Father. John 17, verse 24. And this is Jesus' pretty much his last prayer before he's betrayed. And this is right at the end of it, verse 24. It says, Father, I desire that they also whom you've given me may, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. Now, verse 25, O oh, righteous Father. Isn't that interesting? Of all the things that he could. He could have said in this last prayer what he is declaring and the disciples are hearing his last declaration is saying, Oh, righteous father, the world has not known you, but I've known you and these have known that you sent me and I have declared to them your name. I've declared your name and will declare it that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. I will make your name known. He's saying, Oh, righteous father. He goes, father, you're a righteous father. And, and you know what? He goes, I came and the reason I came, the amplified says, I came to make your very name known. I've made your character known. Jesus said, everything my life is about is about making you known to your people. Everything that Jesus did was to come to reveal the father, to know the father's nature, to know the father's heart. So every time you see Jesus doing something, you're seeing the heart of the father. Colossians chapter 1, verses, verse, I believe it's verse 15, it says that Jesus is the visible representation of the invisible. He's the visible. You wanna see what the Father looks like? Look at the branch. You wanna see what the Father looks like? Let's look at Jesus. You wanna see what God's righteousness looks like? Let's look at Jesus. You wanna see how the Father responds to something? Look at Jesus. Do you want to see how the Father loves? Look at Jesus. Do you want to see how the Father heals? Look at Jesus. Do you know how the Father casts out devils? Look at Jesus. You know how Jesus, how, how the Father encourages? Look at Jesus. This is what Jesus is saying to you. He goes, "I've came to make your very your your name known, not just a, a word in a name, but know the person." He goes, "Oh, righteous Father." So I believe when he says, I came to make your name known, I believe he was saying, I came to reveal your righteousness, your righteousness, who you are father and the desire he has for every single person to be free. That's why it's such a miracle that when you made Jesus the Lord of your life and you accepted him as Lord that he came in and he 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 brought on the inside of you the holy spirit and made you a new creation his his righteousness came down invaded on the inside of you and made you a new creation the same reality and the same thing that took place in the very beginning when God said let there be light when God said let there be light why did he say it? Because there was, there was disorder. It was without form and it was without void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So when God said, light be, what happened? Righteousness went into action. Whatever was disorder, whatever was void, whatever was without purpose and without form. When God said, light be, what happened? Righteousness went into being and we see everything that we see today. You're seeing his righteousness at work. When Jesus was raised from the dead, Romans chapter six says that Jesus was raised by the glory of God. What we're seeing, we're seeing the righteousness of God go into the, to the pit of hell and bring, bring Jesus up out of hell. Romans 8, 11 says in the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. It is, he, he is water wall righteousness. He is righteousness. He is love. I want to get ahead of myself for future weeks, but, but think about the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, self control, temperance, gentleness. Righteousness, the, the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit working, to God, working together is the manifestation of God's righteousness. The Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. It was righteousness that led him and directed him and guided him. Proverbs says that that the, the, the talks about our righteousness, that the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter and brighter. So when you see Jesus, you're seeing the the you're seeing the source of righteousness. You're seeing the Father's heart. Every miracle that you see. The anointing is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. Someone that's in poor and poverty, that's, not, that's unrighteousness. That's, meaning it doesn't align with kingdom of God. Righteousness. It's more than just a, a Christianese word. It's the very essence of who God is. And when you made him Lord, he came on the inside of you and made you a new creation. Let's go to Hebrews chapter one, Hebrews one. I'm so grateful that I'm, I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not trying to get righteous. I am righteous. Daniel says, "Those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits." What am I doing as a pastor over these last weeks, getting helping us to come to know God? I'm on. I'm on a discover. I'm on a di- journey to know God more and more. Mm. I, I, you will never stop this discovery of knowing God. This is a continued pursuit. Hebrews chapter 1, let's look at verse 2. Has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. Who, the Son, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person. Now, think about that. It's talking about Jesus, talking about the sun. It says, in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Jesus is the brightness of the glory of God, and he is the express image of God's person. And he upholds upholds all things with the word of his power. Why? Because his word is righteousness. There's no defect in his word. For the sake of time, let's, let's look at verse, um, verse 5. Now, in my Bible, it actually gives me a little description of this section. It says, the son exalted above angels. And what does it say in verse 5? For to which of the angels did he ever say, You're my, you are my son, today I've begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. Verse 6. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world... Say, that's me. Let all the angels of God worship him. Man, if all the angels of God are going to worship Jesus, we should too. Amen? Amen. We come to the house of God. Why do we worship? Why do we worship? It says, let the angels worship him. Why? Because Jesus accomplished and fulfilled all righteousness. Look at verse 7. And of the angels, he says... Who makes his angels spirits as his ministers of flame and fire. Now, verse 9. Now, listen to this. But to the Son, what does he say? What's he saying to the Son? Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. So, not only did he come to reveal the Father, but also he received a scepter of righteousness. Meaning he, he is rolling with righteousness. Verse 9, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Hallelujah. A scepter. So think about this. If, if we connect this with Jeremiah 23, it says that, that this branch of righteousness will be a king. And he will reign and he will prosper. Here it says, because of what the son accomplished, Tommy... I'm giving him a scepter of righteousness, a scepter of righteousness what what does that mean now if we go back for a minute I, want, I, want, I need to connect this so you understand kingship, royalty in the kingdom of God. just for a moment let's let's remember about. Joseph would they call him the prince of Egypt he was the second in charge Jesus is a type and shadow of Joseph he was the second in charge and what did he what did the prince of Egypt do what did the ruler the one second in charge do he was over he was over all the grain and what happened people would come to him and what happened as his position as a king, he would distribute the resources. That's why his family came to him, right? That's why his brothers came to him and said, okay, we've got to go to him. And, what, and so what can, gifts can we bring? And then you're going to give us some grain in return, right? Right? So a part of a king, a part of a prince, and a part of a ruler, part of a leader in command wasn't just to make rules, but what happened is they would distribute the resources of the kingdom. Joseph was was in a position to distribute the resources of a kingdom. So here now Jesus is a scepter, has a scepter of righteousness, so therefore what does he distribute? Righteousness. When you see Jesus going and you see Jesus casting out a devil, he goes, if, if he goes, he said this and he said, and I think Luke 14, he says, if I cast out a demon with the finger of God, he said, what? You know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. I mean, if I cast this demon out, then what happened? Righteousness, this peace and joy came upon you. The kingdom came upon you. So when Jesus laid hands on 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 the on the dead son and and he rose up, what what did we see? We saw him ministering righteousness. When he opened the blind eyes and he took and he spit mud and he made he made some clay and he put it on the blind man's eyes and the blind man all couldn't could see. What is he doing? He's distributing. He's administering and he's releasing righteousness. When you lay hands on the sick, what are you doing? You are administering and releasing righteousness. Jesus had a scepter of righteousness. He's rolling with this righteousness. When you understand who you are as a child of God and you understand his righteousness and you understand his righteousness in you, it will change how you live, how you walk, how you talk, how you live, how you give, how you pray, how you speak. but we haven't fully known his righteousness and we don't fully know his righteousness will never be to fully embody his righteousness. Jesus carried a scepter of righteousness. He ruled with this righteousness because he was the express image of his person. The express image of his person. Let's go to James chapter one. James chapter one. Everything Jesus did was about administering, releasing, revealing God's righteousness. As Eric was talking about the, the, the issue, you know, uh, the, the five loaves and two fish, and he raised it, and, and, and Jesus thanked him for it. What are we, we're seeing? Righteousness at work. We're seeing multiplication at work. Look at James 1. Thank you, Father. So this branch of righteousness, this Lord of righteousness, this image of righteousness, this one that's ruling with the scepter of righteousness. Let's, let's look at, um, thank you, Father. Verse 16, James 1, 16, Do not be deceived, my brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift, every good gift. The word good here means useful. It's not just good. It means useful. Every useful gift and every perfect gift. Perfect here means complete. It doesn't have need of anything else. Don't be deceived, my brethren. Every good Gift and every perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the father of lights. Mm. It's the greatest gift, Jesus. Mm. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Every good, useful, every complete gift is from above, it comes down from the father of lights. No better way to look at this word "lights because you know our view of lights is what we see here, a light bulb or whatever, but their understanding of light then was fire was fire. The father of fire. He's the father of fire. He's the father of light. Listen to this. With whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. I mean, there's no change. There's no change. So with the thought that in hard times God will rescue me, why? Because of his righteousness. Why? Because the father of lights who came and gave Jesus a scepter of righteousness that's ruling with righteousness and and executing righteousness and judgment. He is the gift from the Father. And within within Him, there is no variation. There's no change. And, and, And there's no shadow of turning. Meaning, He is so much fire all the way around that there's no shadow. Everywhere you turn, there's light. Everywhere you turn, all He is. There's no unrighteousness in Him. There's no unrighteousness in in him. I can have unshakable faith in the midst of adversity because there's no change in him and there's no shadow of turning. See, having unshakable faith comes down to what you know about him. And I know that I know that I know that, that he is righteousness and that righteousness has been made available to me and it's a perfect gift. It's a useful gift and there's no variation. There's no change. There's no shadow of turning. Hallelujah. If you keep on reading, he, he says, it says, be quick to hear and, and slow to speak. And I love how he, said, he goes, he goes, because man's wrath doesn't bring about the righteousness of God. What does that mean? In Justin's paraphrase, it means my way of doing things doesn't get God's results. My way of doing things, my response in the situation doesn't bring God's results. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and it comes down from the father of fire and there's no variation. There is no shadow of turning. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews 6. Time for, I think, two more scriptures maybe. Thank you, Father. Righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 6. I have unshakable faith because His righteousness endures. I have unshakable faith because His word is righteousness and His works are righteousness. Let's look at verse um, 18. Thank you, Father. It says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie... I have unshakable faith because there's no variation, there's no change in Him, and I have unshakable faith because God can't lie. Numbers twenty three tells us that who is what is man that that uh, what is man? He actually says he goes, "Who is God? Is God like man that He should lie?" Titus one two says, "God who cannot lie, promised before time began, manifested His word through preaching." And here it says again, it is impossible for God to lie. Then it says, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have is an anchor of our soul. Knowing that God doesn't lie is an anchor to my soul. Knowing that God doesn't change and God doesn't lie anchors my soul. Meaning when your mind and your will and your emotions want to go all over the place, it's His righteousness. He does not change and He does not lie. It anchors my soul. This hope we have is an anchor, both sure and steadfast, in which enters the presence behind the veil. Now listen to this. Wherefore the forerunner Has entered in for us. Who's the forerunner? Jesus. Even Jesus, having become a high priest forever, forever, according to Melchizedek. You say, "Well, Justin, what is why? What does that have to do with righteousness?" I'm glad you asked. Let's look at chapter seven. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated King of Righteousness. So this one that cannot lie, the one that came before us, would be a king of righteousness. He would be after the order of Melchizedek, and it tells us that he's the king of peace and he's the king of righteousness. What does that mean? That everywhere he go, he's out to deliver, he's out to distribute peace, he's out to deliver righteousness. He, he's delivering peace, he's delivering righteousness. What happens when you see Jesus and he's, he's laying hands on the sick? What is he doing? He's distributing righteousness and he's di- distributing peace. He's distributing righteousness and he's distributing peace. Let me close with this Hebrews chapter 13. Say thank God for the word. Thank God for the word. Mm. Hallelujah. He does not change and he does not lie. Hebrews 13. Thank you, Father. Verse 7. He says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow. Their faith, whose faith follow? Why did they have faith? Because they knew him. The king of righteousness, the king of peace. They knew he didn't lie. They knew he didn't change. Rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow. Now listen, this. consider the outcome of their conduct. Meaning, how did they live? How did they live? Follow, follow them. How did they live? Their conduct was Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, what we saw Jesus doing as an image of God when he walked the earth is the same thing he's doing today. How did they have faith? They followed the conduct of those that followed Jesus and those that followed God. And they realized hey, God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, that's why why Paul tells us that we need to be established in righteousness. Psalms 112 says, be established in righteousness. It's not just being established in this feeling good about yourself. No, I'm established in God. And it's out of that, everything else flows. He is righteous. He came to make righteous. He, He placed on us a robe of righteousness. Stand to your feet. You received this this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Hallelujah. Without turning there, Psalm 61 says, all these things that Jesus did and all the things that's prophesying about the Messiah, it says that we would be called trees of righteousness. Hmm. Trees of Righteousness hallelujah thank you father let fear be a thing of the past let fear in your life be a thing of the past let addiction be a thing of the past you say well well, how Pastor?" get to know his righteousness fall in love with who he is I don't know where you might be in your life right now and what you're facing and what you're going through, but I'm telling you get to a place where you are immovable. Why? Because God does not change, God does not lie. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't let the enemy move you off your promise. Don't let the enemy move you off your purpose. His righteousness will see you through. His righteousness is a force in your life. I mean, his righteousness in my life has carried me to where I am today. His righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you. Just just close your eyes and just worship the Lord for a moment. Thank you for your righteousness, Father. That we'd awake to this righteousness and we'd sin not. We'd awake to righteousness and not go back to things we came out of. Thank you for your righteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Jesus, Jesus. Let's worship you're facing know that he doesn't lie he doesn't change let him steady you let him lead you, let him guide you let him direct you the word of God says that that he leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake He leads us in paths of righteousness because that's the only thing he can do. That's his namesake. His righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just sense in my heart that there's some people here that that you're you're needing some wisdom. And you're needing some direction. and, And it's some big decisions that you need to make. Here, real quick. Come up here, real quick. You're in the midst of needing needing wisdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Eric, Pastor Phil, Eric, Pastor Phil. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. His righteousness. His righteousness. his righteousness thank you Father. righteousness you know his right, he's righteous he, 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 he won't let you miss it because of his righteousness just have your heart turn towards him proverbs that says that he has laid up wisdom for us. It doesn't say that he has laid up wisdom from us. God's not keeping anything from you. His wisdom is available. And the word says, if he lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. I believe the Holy spirit, everything that the Holy spirit does is to administer God's righteousness. If it's a word of knowledge or word of wisdom, it's administering God's righteousness. If it's a, if, if God gives you a, uh, a, you're needing direction and God gives you that wisdom, it's the holy, it's through the grace of God and the Holy Spirit ministering righteousness. Why? Because he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So Father, I thank you for wisdom. Wisdom beyond their experience and wisdom beyond their years. Wisdom wisdom beyond the confusion, wisdom beyond the confusion, that your wisdom would be louder than any other wisdom. The Bible says that natural wisdom is devilish. That means that's what's naturalism. It's things that we try to come up on our own. Natural wisdom is devilish. Earthly wisdom is devilish. But Jesus said, God, but James said, James said. Said the wisdom that comes from above is peaceable. So receive wisdom. Receive direction. It may come in a dream. It may come in a word of wisdom. It may come as a still small voice. But receive his wisdom. Receive his wisdom. Receive his wisdom. Oh, thank you for wisdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for wisdom. Wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says that Christ has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So thank you for wisdom. Wisdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wisdom. Oh yeah, the Holy Spirit. Jesus even gave us some insight unto the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us some insight. He, he said that the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. I'm not saying this as the Lord, Richard, but I, 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 will, I, I can only say what the Lord told me to say. He said, First thought. don't reason because of the second thought. You've heard times his voice will sound like your voice. So don't over spiritualize wisdom. And sometimes it won't come as handwriting on the wall or it could be just a still, small voice. Every time that you pray, every time that you enter into prayer. Sometimes we just have to get quiet enough and let Him speak. Some people here we're saying, stop doing all the talking and start doing more listening. Wisdom. With... Fusion out of the way. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That they're clear to hear, clear to hear. Sometimes your answers will be found in the Word of God. Sometimes they'll direct you to a scripture. the enemy will try to get us to make decisions to remove pressure. Something the Lord told me years ago, he said, never make a decision because of pressure. Now, Sometimes we have to make decisions under pressure, but don't feel like you feel rushed in the decisions that you make. Sometimes people will try to pressure you. Circumstances will try to pressure you. Their voice is not my voice. With us We will not fear Because he's Peace of God is in this place Just reach out and receive His peace For your life right now he's with father that knowing you silences the fear of the enemy anytime we operate and are dealing with fear father remind us to come to the word and discover you we thank you for today for you being a God that does not change that doesn't lie and that's the same yesterday today and forever Give Him a shout of praise. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. You can be seated just for a moment.